Welcome to the Parenting with Impact podcast with your hosts, Elaine Taylor-Klaus and Diane Dempster, co-creators of ImpactParents.com, an online community, award-winning blog, and service organization, helping parents all over the world to raise complex kids become capable, independent adults. Elaine and Diane are certified coaches with personal experience raising children with challenges such as ADHD, anxiety, and more, and extensive experience in guiding parents to raise their complex kids with confidence and calm. On the podcast, Elaine and Diane interview experts, bringing you cutting-edge information about your child's challenges, teach you real-life strategies to create lasting change, and demonstrate how coaching can guide you to parent your complex kids one conversation at a time. For the essentials of Elaine and Diane's coach approach to parenting, download a free tip sheet at impactparents.com slash podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Parenting with Impact, everybody. We're thrilled to have you back and really excited to have this conversation with Zach Booker from ADHD Online. Zach, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. We are so psyched. We were introduced to this amazing new resource um, just this year in 2021, I think. And I think that's, we kicked off the year meeting each other. And I'm excited to hear more about what's going on with ADHD online. It's definitely kicking off, but we're going to start by talking about you and, and how you got there. Just for people listening, we'll have all these resources in the, in the show notes. ADHD online is an online resource to get evaluated and assessed for ADHD using artificial intelligence. And Zach's going to correct me if I got that wrong, right? Yeah, yeah, we, um, yeah. Uh, did that, is that a good nutshell? Is that what it is? It's a dynamic assessment. Yeah, that's a, a dynamic system. assessment. Great. Yep. And I, we've used it, we've referred it to a lot of people and, and it's a really great way to fill the gap in, in services in our country. So we're really excited about it. But let's start by talking about like, what got you here? Because this was not what you expected to do in your life, as I recall from our conversation. So right. how did you get to be doing this? It's a great question because I was not in healthcare previous to this. Um, I've been in other industries as a business owner and entrepreneur and um, just passion filled for helping the community at large. And um, I was introduced to Dr. Dutler, um, who's my business partner and co-founder alongside me. And we struck up a friendship and decided you know, that we should make a go of something that we're passionate about. And he being a full-time physician, has been experiencing the bottleneck that diagnosis of ADHD has on children. And uh, specifically in children, they're going a year without school, sometimes longer without the correct treatment and management of their mental health, and they're struggling. And and it was pulling at the heartstrings of both of us saying, there's got to be a better way. The traditional model is just, it's too slow. You know, the kids should not be waiting that long to be able to understand. Well, and, and let's let's back up because a lot of parents listening to this have already been diagnosed. Some are trying to figure it out. A lot of us have been struggling for years around it. But part of what's happening here is that ADHD in particular is a very complex diagnosis. It's not a simple one. So it's not something like you can go into your pediatrician's office and in a 15 minute visit, they can say yes or no, you got it. Right. So let's talk a little bit about what has created the bottleneck before we talk about how you have resolved it. Yeah. So with what we're seeing with hospital systems, it's demand, right? So a lot of people don't necessarily know what's going on with their mental health and they need to be able to see a psychologist to fully vet that and to understand that. So um, that may take multiple visits. 
that may take these psychologists to be able to not just be able to sit down in one hour and fully understand um, in a synchronous nature, because these questions that are being asked are required to have an answer immediately face-to-face, you know, not giving the patient maybe the opportunity to go seek other resources, like a teacher's uh, perspective in the immediate. Also, the patient may feel rushed uh, because they only have an hour and they know that if this is going to take multiple visits, they're going to want to say as much as possible and maybe not try to dive into the true issues of what's going on with themselves or their, their children. So, you know, that develops this cadence of maybe multiple visits with a psychologist and these psychologist appointments are getting packed and there's maybe not enough resources of psychologists out there within certain regions of the United States. So that's where we started to just think, you know, there's got to be a better way. So that's when we developed the asynchronous dynamic assessment called ACORN, uh, appropriately named because squirrels are associated with ADHD. I love that. Well, so part of what I'm curious about, and this may not be the place to talk about it, Zach, but like the difference between the type of diagnosis you're talking about versus what parents are told a lot of times to do, which is get a psych ed evaluation for your child. Gold standard. That's That's like this gold standard. So can you talk a little bit about the differences and when a parent might seek one versus the other, that sort of thing? That's where I would lean on Dr. Dutler. You know, he would be the best resource to be able to explain because he sees it. So when he has his patients, he's the first entrance to to understanding um, that there's something wrong or not necessarily wrong, just something wrong. difficult, you know? So it's something that we we see from a physician standpoint because that's where people start and then physicians then refer. And physicians will refer to psychiatrists, psychologists, um, and all alike, really who they've developed a relationship with clinically to be able to trust and, uh, and be able to treat from their diagnosis. So, yeah. And let's look at that for a second, because once a kid is, is referred for diagnosis, there are a number of different ways that diagnosis could take place. As Diane is pointing to, sort of typically, we've been taught the gold standard is a psychoed evaluation, which usually takes about two days. It's, you know, eight plus hours of, of it's expensive testing. It's expensive. It's time consuming. And as you say, there's a long delay for many in many parts of the country for people to get a, a psych evaluation. Yep. Psyched. One of the things that makes it a gold standard, I want to be really clear, is that it screens for a lot of other things. Because to, to diagnose ADHD, you have to show that it's not this and that and the other. Yeah. So it screens for learning disabilities. It screens for other neurological disorders. It screens for other mental health disorders. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a very, very thorough assessment. Not all ADHD is diagnosed that way. Sometimes ADHD is diagnosed with multiple appointments to a psychiatrist or a pediatrician with, with conversations and, and some histories, as you say, that when it's diagnosed that way, it doesn't screen out all these other issues. It just identifies that that's here and, and we still need to look to see if those others exist, yeah. right? So that's an, an important context, I think, for what you're what you've created. Yes. Right. Great segue. So that's what we have created. We understand that, you know, ADHD may be masked by other symptoms of maybe more predominant comorbidities like anxiety and depression. So we have that GAD and PHQ along with the DSM built into that assessment to be able to draw out a lot of what's going on. And what our psychologists in our network are finding is that the answers from our long form questions are actually more in-depth than they would receive 
face-to-face in their clinical room, just because the patient has all the time in the world to be able to answer the question in the safety and security of their home. They can start and stop the assessment whenever they want. In one sitting, the assessment can take, you know, 60 to 90 minutes if they wanted to just sit and just dive right through it. Now, it being dynamic as well, the questions change based on some answers given. So not everybody necessarily follows the same path. And we also have some other suicidal mania stopgaps built into that just to be able to make sure that if patients are answering questions with suicidal tendency, uh, we can be able to trigger an event where a pop-up comes up and tells them to seek psychiatric help immediately with suicide hotline. And then also pings our, our clinical staff to call that patient and okay. contact them and make sure that they're safe. So, you know, we're, we're one of the first barriers for suicide as well. And, and we really pride ourselves on the ability to help, you know, and, and it wasn't our direct vision to, to do that. We just know that that was the possibility and capability of what we were doing and just really proud to be able to help on that. Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to back up for a quick context, because I want to make sure, because a lot of our audience is parents of complex kids. And your services are designed not just for diagnosing kids, but also for diagnosing adults who are, hey, what's going on with me? I might have something. I might have ADHD. I'm not sure. And I don't know what percentage your audience is each of those, but it sounds like particularly for the piece you were just talking about with the suicide awareness, that that would be something that would show up more in an interview, likely with an adult. Not that it wouldn't show up with a child, but that's really kind of the context of that. More of an adult. Yeah. Teenagers, um, you know, go through a lot, especially now. I mean, teenagers are going through a different time than, than we did and it can be stressful and the road is unknown and, you know, they need a little guidance. So we want to make sure that we're, we're making sure we can help. So when you and I first talked and just so everybody, I want to be really transparent. I am earning nothing by, by sharing this. We have no like financial relationship at this moment. And I was just really excited because when Diane and I created Impact Parents at the time, Impact ADHD, what we were trying to do was to make support accessible and affordable because we knew there were so many millions of people that weren't getting access to services. And so when I heard about ADHD online, I was very excited. One of the things you told me when we first spoke was that the surprise of it all is that not everybody is diagnosed with ADHD. So talk a little bit about how effective this, this system is at screening out and identifying or not identifying ADHD. Yeah. So another great question. So we get a lot of people that feel like this is a potential rubber stamp and it's not. This is a true depiction of what's going on in their mental health. And a lot of people will get a diagnosis that excludes ADHD, uh, may include other things, but when they're when they get this diagnosis, we help them by facilitating the next step. So a lot of people will have seen this in the in the past where it's a dead end. You know, now it's not ADHD, and then they they're well, like, now what? Right? Well, now what? Yeah, where where do I go? So what we want to do is we want to give the ability to the patient to choose what path they want to do, whether it includes or excludes ADHD. So for our efficacy, we've been seeing, and it floats between 60, 65% are actually inclusive of ADHD. Um, okay. Which is higher than it was at the beginning of 2021 when you and I first talked, Yeah, which is interesting because yeah. you've got more volume. So you have There's more, more data. Right. Yep. And we're growing but the tens of thousands all the time. And it's, it's really great. Our patient panel is really great. It's just 
um, we want to make sure that uh, we're appropriately managing the growth because like you mentioned right. before, it's a big responsibility um, yeah. with this opportunity that's ahead of us. So. so let's talk about the 35% who don't get a diagnosis of ADHD, right? At this point, 35 to 40% of people are not getting a diagnosis of ADHD. What information do they get? Because they're not getting a diagnosis of anxiety or depression. What are they getting? So some of them actually do. So our doctor do level psychologists, yeah, we have PsyD and PhD level psychologists on our staff and in our network across the nation that covers all 50 states. And these psychologists are, are comfortable enough within their clinical judgment to be able to diagnose outside of the ADHD spectrum. So it's really great for us to be able to portray what may be going on. Because of the assessment's asynchronous nature and the questions that are, that are answered, sometimes our psychologists need a little bit more info. And we have the ability through our proprietary messaging system for the patient and the provider to discuss things a little bit more in depth to try to drive out what's really going on. And that's all included just to be able to make sure that we can help as much as possible. So So if I recall, what happens is once somebody completes the online assessment, a psychologist reviews it. Yep. And then that person has the capacity to then check back in with the patient to ask further questions. Yes. Um, Yeah. And one of the reports I've seen, it didn't diagnose ADHD. What it said was, you should consider getting screened for, for anxiety. I'm sorry. You should consider getting screened for anxiety. Yeah. And so it it didn't say to this person, yes, you have it, but it did say, go get this checked out. Yeah. Yeah. And and we leave that clinical judgment up to the psychologist because they're the expert when it comes to, um, you know, their focus and and their education on what, what they've learned. So, you know, we don't direct any which way. We just, we let the clinical judgment happen within the psychologists and the physicians that we employ. So Zach, I want to take us back up to, I don't know if it's 30,000 feet or however many feet, but it's like this sort of ADHD (laughs) online was created to solve a problem in the mental health community or the the audience that the mental health community serves. Let's in particularly ADHD, particularly ADHD, right? So let's talk a little bit about that problem and put it in the context of the parents that might be listening who are wondering, do I get my kid diagnosed? Do I not get my kid diagnosed? How do I get my kid diagnosed? That sort of thing. Cause I think that could be a really helpful conversation. Yeah. I mean, with our platform, it's completely confidential. So there's it's cash pay uh, right now. It's only $149 and you get to understand what's going on in your child's mental health. And for that, I mean, you can't, you can't put a price on that. So, so, so let's pull this out of the context of your product for just a minute. Sure. Okay. Because while we think it's great and we support what you're doing, you know, not everybody listening is going to want to make that choice. A lot of people want to walk into a provider's office. But what I think I hear you asking, Diane, is a more yeah. contextual Global question, question sure. um, about how do you know when and what you're looking for in a diagnosis? Is that, Diane, correct mm-hmm. me if is yeah. that accurate? Yeah. So it's a good question. Uh, Myself, I have ADHD. My son has ADHD. So as a parent of a child who has ADHD, you know, I've always wanted um, to know what's going on with all of all three of my children. Right. And for me to fully understand that it puts me at ease to know that that there's some level of treatment plan um, set forth that I can help facilitate alongside of my uh, child and their provider 
and it helps me myself because I have ADHD. So uh, I use some of those things for myself and for friends of mine that have children with ADHD, they may not have it, but they have sought, sought things and good things that have come from the treatment of their children and the resources that are available. So um, resources like Impact Parents is a great opportunity for, um, for somebody who, you know, who needs that, that direction that doesn't necessarily want to go find all of the things on the internet and try to piece it together. You know, it's something that gives you a formal direction to be able to help facilitate the growth of your child and their mental health. Yeah. So this is all happening at a time when telemed has shifted the the landscape in healthcare. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about, but you started this before the pandemic, right? So long before, um, because I imagine it took a few years to develop it just, did. A, just a few, right? Yeah. So when you look at the context of how people are accessing healthcare via technology, right? What do you anticipate? What do you see shifting? And not so much about the assessment you're doing, but you're about you have moved into a healthcare realm that wasn't your realm 10 years ago. Yeah. So, but that entrepreneur and technology lens, what are you seeing? We're seeing a lot more uh, companies come in and try to somewhat uh, shift the models around. And for us, we want to uphold the highest standard of care. So we include psychologists where you're starting to see some telehealth companies come in and bypass a psychologist, which we don't feel is appropriate. We, you know, we feel like a couple of providers involved in a, in a patient's healthcare is important um, because they have specific focuses. They have specific experience um, in understanding and helping the trajectory of that patient um, in their future. So with the telehealth space, we were pre-COVID and it was, it was in a sense disruptive, right? We were disrupting an industry that was not used to having an assessment that was accessible 24-7 and that was right. asynchronous. You know, who ever heard of an asynchronous assessment where a provider was not present during the time of questioning? That was, you know, faux pas pre-COVID. Well, we, we understand. Our, our, we have sort of did the same thing about 10 years ago in terms of parent education, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So you get it. I mean, it, yeah. it's, it, it was disruptive and we got challenged a lot from mm-hmm. some large organizations. But as COVID hit, it just accelerated our effort in showing in a transparent way of how influential a company like us can be. And as you guys have experienced as well, the the ability to add more horsepower behind you to help more of the community and more of the market. Yeah, it's it's just been it's been a wild ride. Yeah, I'm curious because you were talking about the fact that you guys you guys are, have not yet started partnering with insurance companies and things like that. And I and this may not be an area that you feel like you have expertise, but it's like the future of telemed in the mental health industry is something that's really fascinating. We were at a conference last night talking to some folks specifically about this, and it's going to be really interesting to watch how delivering care, particularly yes. mental health yeah. care, where you're you're connecting to someone differently, kinesthetically, you don't need to touch them as often or in as many situations as you do with some of the other medical. They don't have to say, open your mouth and say, ah, right. right. There are sometimes you do that, but anyway, but it's, um, but my point is let's get out our crystal ball here for a minute and see, you know, what doors are getting open by the kinds of services you're providing and the, and the things that we're experiencing right now in terms of telemedicine. Yeah. The insurance companies on that side, although we don't par with insurance, we do offer reimbursement on behalf of the patients. And we're noticing that they're being reimbursed up to hundred percent. 
And most of them are all that way. And it's great. It's great to see because these insurance companies understand that due to the times, this is this is how it's how it's has to be during this window. What we're noticing on a regulatory side is that it's transitioning to telehealth is forever. Um, because yeah, telehealth easier, faster, less expensive. So when you have those three paths, why not? It offers it offers a better experience and entrance point into facilitating the the, the patient's um, health. Yeah, again, why would you want to restrict that and go backwards? So um, we're noticing on our end, a lot of hospital systems are wanting to partner with us because they see, you know, the, these things on our end, we can diagnose way faster and knock that bottleneck, that six month bottleneck in our area, it's six months, uh, knock that six month bottleneck into less than a week. And it's really great. So these, these hospital groups are, are aligned with these payers, but uh, because of resources like ours, um, we can sort of just plug and play and be a snap-on uh, resource to these lar- large hospital systems too. Yeah. And they're so busy. They really are looking for ways to decrease, is it increase, decrease the cost, bottom line, whatever you want to call it, yeah. to, to increase efficiency and delivery of services. So I'm watching our time a little bit. Yep. And I know, you know, Zach, we want to make sure that you do have an opportunity to kind of tell people how they can find out more about ADHD online. And then we'll ask you a few more questions and wrap up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can visit us at ADHDonline.com and uh, it's free to set up a portal. So bottom line, what do you want parents to take away from this? I heard you say, find out what's going on and find out what's going on. Yep. It's there's easier, faster, less expensive ways like ADHD online and impact parents to be able to help facilitate a better future for you and your child. So you said you've got a great Final motto. We we always like to end with a motto or a quote, and we always let them know in advance when possible. And sure. you said you had a great one, so we're excited to hear it. Yeah, so I've got a great one. It's uh, again simplest nature. Don't talk about it. Be about it. So it's something that I live by every day because we can talk and talk and talk in circles, but to actually show and execute is something very much more powerful and influential for the community. So that's what we did with ADHD online. We didn't want to talk about it anymore. We wanted to be about it. Be about it. I love it. I think that I think we can really relate to that. It's beautiful. Zach, thank you so much for being with us today. This has been a great conversation about telehealth, about ADHD online, and about parents taking action to really kind of figure out what's going on for their kids. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate your time. And uh, it was a pleasure talking with you, Elaine and Diane. Thank you. Always. So to those of you who are listening, thanks for being here. Thanks for what you do for yourself. For your kids. Remember at the end of the day, you make a difference and we will see you in the next episode. Take care, everyone. You've been listening to the Parenting with Impact podcast with Elaine and Diane. For more information on the Impact Parents community or to join Sanity School for Parents, please visit impactparents.com. If you like what you've heard, please share this podcast with friends who need similar guidance and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.